That is right. The KVBL has the spirit of the Hawk. We are flying with the Hawks as the Atlanta Hawks are the 2051 KVBL champions. Welcome to Around the KVBL. As always, I am your host, Troy Kennedy. Another season in the books. Another champion has been crowned. The Hawks take the title and with that, the GM BJ gets his second ring with the Hawks. That team led by none other than Jericho Clips, also the playoff MVP and rightfully so. Um, we were hoping to have BJ on the show later on today to talk about this championship, but we have not been able to get a hold of him. So we're going to have to do it without for now. However, we do have something exciting for you later on the show as we are going to reveal one of the first mock drafts we have seen with the draft coming up tomorrow at 3 p.m. We are going to um, have the annual draft. We have more prospects join the KVBL. Who's going to go where? We'll see what happens. But we're going to break it down, see who picks where and who do we think is going to get picked where. Um we were able to get help with our man, Len, from, you know, scouting can't decide nothing as he breaks down the draft for us. Um, due to family reasons, he could not be on the show tonight. However, we've gotten all the information and we will go through that. Um, before we get into that, let's take a look at that, you know, at the playoffs, uh, what the Hawks did in able to get you know, get to the promised land and get their second championship. So if we look at the path that the Hawks had to take, in the first round, the Hawks played the Portland Trailblazers. So the Hawks, you know, were the number two seed after a 67 and 15 regular season, beat the Blazers and four games to none. Really, none of the games were even really all that close. Um, you know, Blazers were one of the two teams in the main that went to the playoffs with a losing record. So the Hawks took care of business uh, quite quite easily. In the second round, the Hawks faced the Supersonics, the three seed in the main um, with a 61-21 and 21 record. So, you know, Sonics were one of the teams um, that were predicted to potentially make a deep run. In the playoffs, uh, led by no other than Delaney Watson, uh, who came off a fantastic year. However, the Hawks won that series four games to one. And then to move on to the conference finals, where they found themselves against the Los Angeles Clippers, who got there for the first time in quite some, quite a while. The Clippers were the fourth seed, also with a 61-21 and 21 record, and obviously, you know, Starting to go back to the team that we've seen for so long, um, led by Memphis X, the GM of the Clippers. Uh, that team will be competing for several years to come. Uh, he's done a great job with LA Turn that franchise around after several years of um, of rebuilding. It's finally coming into fruition. Um, but the Hawks took care of business there as well. Uh, 4-1 series win. So, you know, Especially back with our home court where the Hawks have been so good all season long. Um, take themselves back to the finals where the Bulls were awaiting them. 
the Bulls went 67 and 15. They were the number one seed in the Landros. Um, and this one, you know, everybody had anticipated this series to go to seven. However, the Hawks were able to take care of business, you know, after going 2 0 down, losing on the road 89 to 92, and then losing 85 to 112. You know, the finals is a little different where we go 2 3. Um, 2-3-2 two, two versus the old-fashioned way, which is 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. So, you know, the Hawks had three games in a row at home, which they took care of business and took a 3-2 lead going to game six. Um, game three, the Hawks won 114-95. Game four, the Hawks won 106-98. And game five, the Hawks won 106-99. Um, besides game two and three, all games were fairly close. Then we went down to game six, back in Chicago. Chicago hoping to take use home court advantage to win game six and seven and lift another KJ trophy. But that was not to be the case as the Hawks stole game six on the road and with that, the championship with a 101-98 victory. So congratulations to BJ and the Atlanta Hawks. And of course, to Jericho Clips. Um, you know, the MVP man who gets his first ring, most likely not the last one. Uh, if we look at the roster, you know, that the Hawks had for this playoff run, um, we just go from top to bottom. Julian Rigado, James Graff, Jacob Evans, George Wilkinson, Jericho Clips, Esteban Pescador, Milo Hughes, Miha Dolanich, Wendell Crowley, Jalil Yeastman, Oliver James, Cecil Abernathy, and a longtime vet Theodore Jodson were rostered and all added a ring to their collection for those who didn't already have any. Um, so with that said, we're going to go in to see what kind of movement we have seen in the offseason so far. Um, as you guys know, another exciting offseason about to happen. The Bulls are breaking it up. They really are forced to break it up as Zion Johnson is going to be a free agent. They're not going to be able to resign him. And also, they're losing a, another player, which I believe is going to be Percy Soto, who is the second player that will be released due to hard cap issues and go into UFA as well. So the Bulls are not going to look the same next year. So we'll see what what way they go. Obviously not holding their own pick. We know that their uh, 2052 pick is in the hands of the New York Knicks. And uh, I believe that 2053 pick is forfeited, forfeited due to the hard cap issues. So, it's a team that's going to be trying to make the playoffs, you think, or at least, you know, make an attempt. There are still some pieces there. Santoro is still on that Bulls team. Um, so is obviously the $115 man. And, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. And Craig Jones. Um, and then they also still have Jibir Kaba as of right now. Um, I believe that Percy Soto is the guy that's going to UFA, but... To be honest, I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, let me see if I can do some quick research on that, guys. Um, either way, the Bulls are going to be looking somewhat different. 
you would expect the teams like the Lions and the Hawks uh, to obviously keep the way it is, as the Jazz um, are going to keep it as well. So we have three, you know, right off the bat, potential title contenders right there. Um, and looking at the votings, as I said, Percy Soto is the guy that's going to be um, put into free agency due to the uh, hard cap penalties for the Bulls. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that roster moving forward. However, who is going to sign Zion Johnson, who's obviously the, you know just as big of a name as Delaney Watson was last year. So we're going to see what happens there. Uh, several teams have lined themselves up to have the cap space to potentially sign them. Um, you know, just at the quick glance over there, I believe that uh, the Celtics have put themselves in the spot. The Cavs might have the money. The Rockets might have the money. Uh, the Pacers and Grizzlies should have the money. Um, the Knicks, Heat, Wolves, Thunder, Kings, and Nets, I believe, all have the money to be in the Zion Johnson sweepstakes. So there will be a battle for for that man's signature. Um, and, you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to find out where this man will sign. Um, but look at the, let's take a look at the um, transactions that have happened in the offseason so far. It hasn't been a ton of action, uh, to be honest. But if we take a look, uh, per usual, your New York Knicks have been a busy bunch. As all four transactions in this season, in this offseason so far, have been involving the Knicks uh, with somebody else. So if you go through them real quick, uh, the Knicks send Jarek Morris to Golden State uh, and didn't ask for anything in return. We know that the Knicks were trying to shave more money off their cap, put themselves in the spot to potentially sign Zion Johnson. Um, so all these moves that we see here are of that type of nature. Uh, the Knicks send Robert Wentz and a 2052 second round pick to the New Jersey Nets and in return get J.P. Thom. Um, I believe that move was severely made so that they have another minimum for the following deal. As we see that the Clippers took Monte Hansen, J.P. Thom, Neil Moritz and the Lions 50-20, oh, 50-20, sorry, 50 2051, I can't talk, guys. It's a late night here in the studio. We've been here all day trying to figure this stuff out. But what I'm trying to get to is that the Knicks sent three players and the Lions 2051 first-round pick um, for, for a second-round pick in return. Uh, that Lions pick, I believe, is number 20 in the draft. So, you know, a small little package plus a pick to free up some cap. Um, the Clippers had some room to take on these guys to fill out their bench. And last but not least, what we also saw is that the Warriors and Knicks made another trade. Shoker Daniels and Lyle Robido heading to New York in return for Jalen Davis and Eric Whitaker. So, you know, if you look at the value of these players, clear win for Golden State. Um, but I believe the Knicks were only trying to, you know, shed off some more cap. Um, save a few dollars so so there we go nothing else really going on so far in in the off season besides these small transactions um, you know if we looked at the trade blocks we've seen several players several teams you know showing availability of the players but nobody at this point is really striking especially because most of the teams are holding on to their cap space as of right now 
Um, before we get into UFA, of course, we also have the RFA, the Restricted Free Agency. And if you go through the list, you know, of the teams and players that are hitting Restricted Free Agency, we'll see um, where we land there. The Cleveland Cavs have Sifroff Apollyon on their RFA block. The Denver Nuggets have Gilgamesh Hassan. Houston Rockets have Ben Muir. Toronto Raptors have Rafael Huertas and Jeffrey Becks. Um, you know, looking at these names, Huertas might be the best RFA coming out. The Pacers have Marco Ferenc. The Lakers have Rich Politus and Osiris Salah. The Grizzlies have Ebi Ibeque and Luis Obst. The Philadelphia 76ers have Baphomet Bomazi. The Heat have Bill Sullivan and Sulfur Semyaza. The Nets have Dominic Thompson. The Thunder have Niam Kenpachi. And the Kings have a bunch with Pete O'Neill, Savarek Khan, Renz Donkor, Nergal Mukuro, and Osibo Irenicus. I mean, how about these names, guys, huh? Um, so that is basically your RFA class. There's a couple of guys you can get somewhat excited about. I mean, Huertas is obviously a guy that's pretty solid. Gilgamesh Hassan is still waiting to really pop out. Um, Baphomet Bumazi is showing promise. And Marco Ferenc is trying to live up to the hype that he came into this league. He hasn't quite reached those levels yet. Um, looking at what GMs have already put in, see if there's a couple guys that are going to get cut or that are getting qualifying offers. Ferenc, Bumazi already got the QO. Um, the Heat are cutting both Sullivan and Simiaza. The Cavs are cutting Apollyon. The Thunder are cutting uh, Kenpachi. And the Kings are offering on Khan and cutting everybody else. So, that leads us to the upcoming draft. Draft is tomorrow afternoon. The Boston Celtics managed to draw the first pick. Um, you know, a lot of luck to the Celtics who came into the lottery as number 10 in the lottery and jumped all the way to number one. Now, what are the Celtics going to do with that? If we look at the reports that I've gotten here from Scouting Can't Decide Nothing with their um, mock that I'm assuming will show up on the boards later on tonight, if not tomorrow morning. Um, luckily, we get the first glance at this and we have gotten the rights to share this with you. So we're excited we can do this. So the mock has the Celtics with the first pick. Selecting Alex Sanger Solo. Let's take a quick look at Sanger Solo. Um, if we can find him, that would be um, obviously a lot easier. Technology, as great as it is, it's only great when it works. Where is Mr. Sanger Solo? Man, we need a new producer on this show to have this stuff ready for us. Sanger Solo coming out of UCLA. A 20-year-old point guard, shooting guard, you know, went, coming in at 6'2", weighing 186. Um, this man has often been compared to Orla Sand. So, you know, scoring, scoring is something this man can do. Uh, he seems like the right type of fit next to Brand. 
you know, them with a small phone. Anthony Post has Dreyer. Um, the Celtics seem set in most positions, but are losing um, Haitian to FA. And, you know, having a guy with Sanga Solo who has that vision of point guard might be the perfect fit for the current roster. So we believe, and when I say we, obviously scouting can't decide nothing, believes that the Celtics will go with the point guard out from UCLA with the first pick. The second pick is the Las Vegas Timberwolves. The Wolves, who have several picks in this in this draft, according to this, are going to go... Um, once again, can't find anything here. They're going to go with Mr. Prater. Santoro Prater, the 20-year-old power forward center. So the Wolves are still a work in progress. Seem to have some decent wings in Ocho and Gilbert. Um, there's no reason for them to go after a point guard, even though that's something they could potentially need. Um, so they're going to go after the power forward, power forward center, uh, who by all looks is a dense type of player. Um, you know, product comes from the University of Toronto. Uh, 6'10", 247 pounds. As I said, can play power forward center. He is 20 years old. Um, All-round scorer, good rebounder, and plays solid D. All good things that will help you in the KVBL and something that the Wolves need. So since no other p- point guard is on, is in within reach at two unless Sanger Solo falls to them um, and with Miner still on the roster, we believe that he is going to go with Proctor at number two. Number three, the Houston Rockets once again managed to get a high pick. That team already improving, looking to be, you know, this could be the year they finally break into the playoff hunt. At number three, they're going to be excited to see Preston Ballard's, the three-position eligible um, or three-position able, 6'8", shooting guard, small forward, power forward, 21 years old, Preston Ballards brings it all. Definitely the best player left on the table or available on the table right now. Big-time scorer, has a flexibility to play three, great fit next to Moore and Golden, um, and will allow Praxis to play power forward or center. So, you know, if Rot, if... Balance is there. It's the obvious choice for the Rockets. Um, and a good pick in our in our eyes. At number four, the Jersey Nets who have a big, big draft coming up. Four picks in the first round, I believe. And with the first selection, the Nets who really probably would want to take a point guard, but Unless Sanger Solar really falls deep, falls down to four. The safe pick right there is Daklin Valvax. I mean, at this point, the Nets just need any ta- talent, and Valvax is a pretty safe pick. Guy can play defense, he can block, and he can point, I mean, shoot the three, which is always sexy in a big player. And big is an understatement for Valvax. The man comes from Dayton. Um, you know, the Dayton Flyers, he is 7 feet tall, 230 pounds, 21 years old, and is your 
center. Um, I believe that's a good pick for the Nets at four. We'll see if they'll be able to go that route if he's there. But if he is, that's who they might be taking. At number five, we have the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are going to go with Vanev. Um, you know, the Kings team is still molding that team. They're still trying to, you know, they're pretty early in the rebuild. It, something that they really need could be some scoring. So this might be a little bit of a risky move, might be a little bit of a gamble. However, if this guy pans out, he is certainly going to help them. So Cornelius Van of the man out of, you know, British Columbia, but transferred to Oregon. 6'7", 220 pounds, small, four, powerful, 21 years old. Um, you know, the scouting report in this guy, that he's a moody player and he plays to the mood of the team. If the team is playing well, he will play well. If the team is behind, you know, it affects his, affects his play. All you can hope is that he will mature for this team. Um, but if he does, this will be a great pick as this man knows how to score when he is in the right set of, right mindset. At number six, the Indiana Pacers are on the clock. And the Pacers will go with Stan Kowaltha. The Pacers already have the scoring with a Congo. Um, Kowaltha will, you know... Kowaltha will pair nicely with both Congo and Pete to form a defensive wing duo. And it will definitely be an upgrade from Horace Bappel. Um, even though we know that the GM of the Pacers is a big fan of Bappel, Stan Kowaltha would definitely be a very nice upgrade from it. Um, Stan Kowaltha is, you know, played his college ball at Georgia Tech. The man is 6'8", six, six, 244 pounds. He can play power forward. He's played small forward, even though he's better at power forward. Um, 20 years old, as I said, this guy can play D. Um, and, you know, next to Pete, Javon Pete, this will be a nice, nice duel. We are moving on to number seven. And with that, the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, the Thunder who dropped a couple spots in the draft lottery. I'm sure they were not all that excited about that. However, they get a guy that they will like in Stephen Grunge from Colorado. The man is 6'9", six, six, 238 pounds. He can play small forward, has played power forward, 20 years old. Um, at this point, best play available on the board. Uh, they need another score since most of the players are mid to low volume players. Don't, don't really like to shoot. They need somebody willing to take the shot on that team. And Stephen Grunge might be just a guy for that. So, Thunder take grunge at seven. At number eight, here is the second pick for the Wolves. So, the Wolves will take Vesa Glowassel. Um, that's one of the more fun names to say in this draft. Um, that's fine. Well, we got Glowassel. There he is. Seva, 22 years old. Plays small forward, comes out of University of Las Vegas. He's 6'8", 243 pounds. Uh, reminds us a lot about uh, of Sorath, who's playing for the... Is he playing for the Bucks now? Um, wasn't that the guy that was traded, or is he still with the Hornets? Um, 
Sorry, let me just double check very quick so I don't. Sorth is, yeah, Rusic is with the Hornets, which means Sorth was traded to the Bucks. There you go. I'm glad we got that figured out. So, Glow Vassal, you know, um, after the Wolves obviously have the second pick, you know, at this point they take the highest graded player, which is Glow Vassal at number eight. Um, you know, where he fits in his team, still unknown, but he is the best player left available at this time. So if anything, this could become a nice trade chip for them um, if he doesn't see this guy to fit in the squad. Regardless, this is going to be a decent player and should surely have trade value if that's the route they want to go. All right, that takes us to number nine and the Miami Heat. Who will select Thorsten Leacher? Thorsten Leacher. Thorsten Leacher, where are you? There you are. Thorsten Leacher comes out of University of North Carolina. He is 6'6", weighs 207 pounds, has played small forward and shooting guard. He is 19 years old. Um... GM Smith is looking to get the second player in the mold of none other than Jacob Evans. Uh, Evans, who just became a KVBL champion with Atlanta Hawks. So if the Heat can have the same fate with this guy, they're going to be very, very excited. Um, if he gets anything to the Evans Evans level, um, that's something that's going to excite you know a guy like Smith who likes defensive players who can you know have the defensive playmaking. Um, Evans being a nice little all-round type has certainly panned out really well for the Hawks. The Heat are hoping for the same type of regressions there. At number 10, we have the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are going to gamble a little bit according to this as they will take Spearson's Cole Spindley. Um, the description literally says it goes figures that GM Allroom will take the very fun three position top scorer to have some fun with him in his lineup. Um, you know, the Grizz are still early on in the rebuild. They're not going to be competing for a while. So why pick a defensive guy when you can get the offense? Uh, Spearson's Cole Spindle played at St. Mary's. He's 6'7", 223 pounds, has played shooting guards, played small forward, has played power forward, 20 years old. He is your perfect Merlin Roar, as this guy does nothing but scores. He scores for fun, um, but pretty much keeps it there. But that would be a fun pick at number 10 to gamble this guy. If he turns out anything like Merlin Roar, then that will be worth the pick for sure. The Miami Heat get their second pick of the draft at number 11. And with the 11th pick, the Miami Heat will select Scott Sealines. Scott Sealines um, is another one of, you know, GM Smith's type of defensive playmakers. Um, only knock on this guy is that the only thing we've seen out of him is playing at power forward. Um, reminds you of you know, Rob Steckley type of player. But his rebounding is not quite as elite as Steckley's. 
But this guy can play defense all around. Um, he played at Gonzaga. He is 6'10", 242 pounds, and 20 years old. And anybody has defensive playmaking is going to look good to the GM of the Heat in Smath. So this would be a Smath type of player. The Rockets have the next pick, the 12th pick. And with that... Um, they're going to go with one of the best players left on the board, as in, you know, straight up rating-wise. And they will select Mr. Jerison. Uh, let me find Jerison. Jerison is coming to the KVBL from... Um, I can't even find him. Oh dear, did our scouting report leave out Jerison? No, there he has found him. Sorry, guys. Weston Jerison out of Rutgers, 6'8, 229 pounds, small forward shooting guard, 21 years old. As said, he is going to be one of the best players available left on the board at this time on the draft. Um, not really sure if the Rockets itself have a plan for him more than it becomes a trade chip or a player to stash hoping develops as they maybe move on somebody older later on. Um, you know, guy like Jerison is not a natural scorer, but he certainly can find a basket. Um, he's an excellent defender, especially against driving wings. You know, reminds you a lot of Mayor Rahamin, who obviously had a long KVBL career, still does, and also has won championships, won with the Knicks, for instance. So... Good pick for the Rockets here, who will probably use this player as a trade piece unless they stash him, hope that he develops into something that they can use as a starter. Number 13 are the Cleveland Cavaliers, who will select point guard Grimes Mizzleship. Another fun name to say. Say that 10 times fast. Um, Mizzleship comes out of Tennessee, uh, University of Tennessee. 6'2", 191, point guard, 20 years old. Um, he is a little bit of a unicorn and, you know, and not in the sense that, you know, he's, he's a weird type of player, but what he does well, for instance, is for a point guard, this guy can really block. Um, and that's something obviously unusual in a in a point guard player, but he will really disrupt shots and get some blocks up. May not get you as many steals as you want at the point guard position, but he makes up for it with his blocking availability or his ability, I should say. So um, on top of that, he's an excellent passing point guard. I know something that the um, GM of the Cavs, Kyle, really likes. This guy may not have the steals that Kyle likes, but as I said, makes up for it with... Um, with the blocking. So Cavs go missile ship, which brings us back to the Nets with their second of four picks. And they go Adrian Piscina, the shooting guard point guard out of Butler, 6'5", 214 pounds, 19 years old. Um, you know, might as well double down on a three-point shooting after Valvex was selected with the first pick at four. Get another three-point shooter in Piscina. Um, so... The Nets will be fun from behind the arc um, come the new season. Moving on to 15 and a second selection for the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
And the Cavs here will go with the European edition in Manara. Um, defensive role player, you know, something that the Cavs can stash or use as a trade, um, trade piece. We have heard that they're looking to move Zapstein out of that, you know, out of Cleveland. So maybe this could become a long-term replacement. Um, but we'll see what they go for there. Either way, both of these players, Zapstein or Menara, once you have him, could be a trade piece. Moving on to 16, and this Pacers again. Who will go with Leon Sockbits? 23 years old, center power forward out of Harvard. He is 6'11", 226 pounds. Um, this guy has Rel Ballot written all over him, or at least rookie um, Rel Ballot. You know, the age is probably what's going to cost Sockbits. He'd probably go earlier if he was a bit younger. But the Pacers don't care about that point. Um, you know, give some extra passing, decent scoring to the Pacers lineup. So this would be a good pick and especially a great value pick at 16 for the Indiana Pacers. At 17, the New York Knicks are on the clock and they will select Gackermans. Um we can find Gackermans. Gackermans is a stretch big who can block shots extraordinaire. At this point in 17, he is the best player left on the board. Um, Otis Gackerman, you know, 22 years old, plays power forward. He comes out of University of Southern Cal. Um, 6'9", 255 pounds, as I said, power forward. Reminds you a lot about Eric Whitaker as he can stretch the floor a little bit with three-point shooting and can really, really block. Um, but because he's not afraid of looking for the three, he's not the greatest rebound on offensive board. He does rebound um, fairly well on the defensive board and is a great uh, post defender. So Gakumans will go to New York, who have so many moving pieces at this point right now. They're still trying to figure out what the future looks like in New York. Um, so Gakumans will go there for now. Um, at number 18, the Charlotte Hornets, who will pick Samuel Kewick, the 21-year-old power forward center, uh, coming from Marquette, 6'10", 276 pounds. He reminds us a lot of Theo Jodson, who also just won another championship, uh, certainly not his first one. If this guy can go anywhere near um, Jodson's, um, you know, level and that type of performance. Not only will they have a long career in the KVBL, but might turn out to one of the steals of this draft. He's the best scorer left on the board at this point and, you know, gives the Hornets more depth on the front court um, rotation. So that, this would be a nice value pick for the Hornets at 18. At 19... The Phoenix Suns will select Tim Ahimia. Tim Ahimia is come. is 19 years old. He's a small forward. Comes from Florida State. Um, 6'7", 213 pounds. You know, he's a defensive passing role player, small forward. He's a hard-nosed defender. Does Takes care of the ball really well. Barely turns it over. Um, reminds you of Jan Vidra. You know, does a little bit of everything. But... 
uh, Ahimia's got better, better passing. Now, the one knock we have on him is that we haven't seen him play anywhere else but the three. I don't know if he can change, if he will change that once he goes to the KVBL or if that's just the position he's used to and will stay there. Um, but if you have a knock on him, that might be one. The Los Angeles Clippers are picking 20th. And with that, the Clippers will select 20-year-old shooting guard Hawk Stoneroots from SMU. He is 6'4", 200 pounds. Um, the closest look to this guy is Ruben Rivera, which, funny enough, the Clippers were also selecting back in his his draft day. So the Clippers look for the closest thing to Rivera, who they drafted originally, and go with Hawk Stoneroots. 21. The Nets are on the clock again. And the Nets at this point who've been, you know, wanting to get a point guard on the board, go finally with a point guard with the 21st selection in Theo Drunk. The 22-year-old point guard, also shooting guard from Oklahoma State. He is 6'5", 220 pounds. Uh, reminds us of Sonny Gerardo. Great leader. Um, fantastic vision. Maybe not the best ball handler. So he does turn, have some turnovers. Um, but, you know, this will be a nice pairing with, uh, with Piscina to form your new potential backcourt for the future. So nice pick right there at 21. 22. The Thunder on the clock again, and they select Keon Skyrings. Keon Skyrings, 19 years old. He's a power forward center coming from Syracuse. 6'11", 263 pounds. We've seen him both at the fours of power center, uh, power forward and has played center as well. Reminds us of Kareem Mercer. Um, loves the post, both on the offense and the defense. Creates havoc under the basket. Crashes the boards hard. Um, actually knows how to hit the three. But he needs to because he might be one of the slower guys in this draft. So, you know, don't count on him on any fast break scenarios. Um, but other than that, solid player, especially to land him at 22. 23. The Grizzlies are on the clock again. And they will select uh, Jason Newrazzle. 21 years old. He is a shooting guard that's also played small forward from LSU. 6'6", 216 pounds. One of those jack-of-all-trades. Does a little bit of everything. Um, doesn't shoot the ball a lot, but he's highly efficient. Can distribute a little bit, play solid D. Um, Esteban Pescador is a guy that comes you know, comes to mind when you think of New Razzle. Once again, if you're anything like Pescador, you might find yourself one day in a championship team, as Pescador just did with the Hawks. 24, the Blazers. The Blazers do have a pick in this draft, which is a rarity to see as often their picks are getting traded. Um, with number 24, the Blazers select 22-year-old center in Bill Sakao. Sakao played at DePaul. He's 6'9", 285 Pounds reminds us of Robert Wenz, strong in the post, great rebounder. Um, if out of this position the Blazers get a, you know, front court player that will give you ten and ten or ten and twelve, I think that they will be extremely pleased with that result. 
Which brings us to our current champion and the Hawks who get to pick 25. And with 25, they select a point guard in Garrison Oldwaters. Oldwaters also drops a little bit due to his age, uh, but he's a defensive uh, point guard. You know, the Hawks already with elite defense, love their defensive playmakers. Oldwaters brings that to the table. He played at Stanford, 6'3", 215 pounds. Um, reminds us of Joey Devilis. Uh, he's a defensive point guard. He's a great ball hander. Doesn't distribute as much as you might want him, um, but will get some defensive playmaking for you. So type of play that fits into the Hawks system. 26, the Nets round out the, uh, the first round. And we'll also start the second round as they also hold the 27th pick. With 26, Phyllis Knoxes, uh, the scoring point guard that will probably be nothing better than a bench player in this league. Um, he will go to the Nets, but this guy can score the ball. Um, if he can, you know, find a way to become a better distributor of the ball, he will actually have a pretty good um, career in the KVBL. But... You know, by the looks of it, this might he might only be a role player, bench player at best in this league. But um, the Nets, who I know are looking or needing um, point guards, are going with Noxus, who reminds us of Ichiola. Noxus played at Arizona State. He's 5'11", 172 pounds, so a little on the light side, 19 years old. So hopefully he's still some time to grow. Um, by you know, volume scorer loves to shoot the ball and will score in bunches. Um, his D needs a little bit refining as he just gets himself gambling a little too much. All right, our last um, spot for this for this mark is number twenty-seven. As we said, also uh, the New Jersey Nets who have five picks in the first twenty-seven. So this might be the real start of their rebuild, um, even though. They're supposedly been doing it for a couple of seasons now. This might be the really starting stop spot for that. With 27, the Nets select Piers Schillix from Villanova. 6'11", 254 pounds. Has played center, has played power forward, 22 years old. Um, he reminds us of Beiruz Mahidi. He's an excellent shot blocker. Has huge hands and a really long wingspan. So he just really disrupts any shooting, especially in the post. Um, won't get you a ton of scoring, but will get you rebounds and um, be a shot-disrupting force. So that's it for us, guys. Uh, draft day is tomorrow. So it should be an exciting day. We're looking forward to it. We'll probably have some reactions over the next day or so for you from the draft, who went where, see what happened so we can break it down. Until then, KVBL, stay classy.